0: Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. I had something on my heart here for a couple weeks, and and I wanted to share in it. And, and uh, from the Word of God to inspire you, to give you hope. Uh, how many uh, recognize that we live in a very... We're living in very unstable times and, uh, and you know, in all sorts of ways. And we'll, we'll share some tonight from the Word of God. But, you know, just a few weeks ago, I, I was re- thinking what I was sharing on a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago, we were talking about the goodness of God. Say, God is a good God. God is a good God. And then we were... Um, a lot of times, people get their perception of God from literally just the Old Testament. But if you do that, your mind will become... Uh, distorted uh, regarding your, who God really is. Uh, to know God, you have to study the life and ministry of Jesus. How many believe that Jesus was God and is God? Lift your hand. Amen. So, some of the things that God gets blamed for in the Old Testament really didn't happen. And uh, I really want to explain more of that, and I will, uh, but not tonight, uh, because I want you to understand that God is a good God. If God was not a good God, you and I probably wouldn't be here tonight. Or at least some of us. And um, I I would be one of those not. So anyway, going on 51 years of salvation, uh, there's not a day that goes by that I'm not grateful for God's love and mercy. Amen. In fact, I ran into somebody the other day and I said, you know what my favorite scripture is? You know, if you have a favorite scripture? My favorite scripture is, it happens to be found in the book of Lamentations. God's mercies are new every morning. I said, God's mercies are new every morning, amen. Amen. And so I abuse that one, hallelujah. I tell God every morning, thank you, sir, that you promised me that your mercies are new every morning. How many need mercies of God every day in your life, amen? And it's plural, mercies. No, not that I want to habitually sin, practice unrighteousness, no, but because we live in this this frail house called the Adamic nature, uh, it gives us a fit every day. And that's why we need God's mercies. Amen. I said amen. amen. So we talked about the goodness of God. Then I talked about having faith in God's faithfulness. You can go back online and listen to these. It'll inspire you and strengthen you. And then we talked about having courage. Uh, uh, having uh, courage in the days we live in. Amen. God is not caught off guard uh, with anything that happens in every, gen- in, in every generation since the beginning. He's not caught off guard. And God is always prepared and always has a way out for his people. And everybody say, thank you, Lord. I want to begin, and I, want to, uh, I have to be done here uh, tonight. I have another appointment I have to get to, so i got to be done by eight. So I want to welcome everybody online. If you're online tonight, thank you for joining us. We're, we're grateful, and we're humbled by the fact that you recognize the importance of God's word in your life, just like you here do tonight. Romans, the 13th chapter. We're going to begin there. It'll be the New Living Translation, and I'm going to read the scripture, and we'll go on from there. It says, love, uh, love does no wrong to others. And I, I actually put love or the God kind of love. Say the God kind of love. God Amen. God. There are different kinds of love, but he's talking about the God kind of love. The God kind of love does no wrong to others. So love fulfills the requirements of God's law. Now this is all the more urgent, Paul's writing to the church, for you to know how late it is. Time is running out. I'm going to stop and think about that. Time is running out. Paul said that 2,000 years ago. If time was running out then, how many agree that time is running out now? Amen. And he goes on and says, Wake up, for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. What Paul was talking about, he was talking about the fullness of our salvation is is coming. Amen. And I, I don't know about you. Again, I was just thinking about it today. I was looking at a map, a world map, and I thought, wow, is it going to be exciting to be able, I don't know, whatever you want to believe, but I believe with all my heart, at least for the 1,000-year millennium, we're going to be here in our glorified bodies. Hallelujah. And we'll be able to travel, praise God, as instant as a thought. You know, I think I'm going to go to Africa, boom, I'll be in Africa. I mean, and, come on, just have fun with me tonight, hallelujah, because I believe, I believe this is going to be the case. Uh, there's there's a reason. How many believe that every creative idea comes from God? Even though the devil may pervert it. And that's why you see all of the heroes today. Captain America, right? Spider-Man, you know, Superman, and all the other guys and gals. You see this all happening in our movies. Why? Because everybody wants to be a superhero. You know, everybody wants to, you know, save the day. I I mean, if you got any, you know, pure conscience at all in your life. You want to be the good guy, not the bad guy. And so there's going to be that, that's going to come that, praise God. But at least for a 1,000 years that we're going to be in our glorified bodies, and they're still going to, according to what Brother Hagin taught us, there's still going to be a people living in the earth, and obviously, uh, you know, they're, they're obviously going to advance in technology to where they'll be probably live longer than they do right now, I, you know. Right? I mean, they're already making, you know, heart valve. I mean, they're making stuff, you know that they're able to stick in you and in your live that normally you couldn't before. So it's just, it's just, uh, it's going to happen. But we'll be here as God's super people, helping natural people, praise God, conquer the things they need to conquer. I think it's going to be exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. Some of you are excited. Hallelujah. So let's go on. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds. He's writing to the church. Remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living because we belong to the day. Say we belong to the day. We to the day. And, and, and specifically, we belong to Christ. Amen. And so uh, uh, we must live decent lives for all to see. So don't. Now, I just put it here. Don't means we can. So don't means we can, but don't. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness. Or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living, or in quarreling and jealousy. Amen. And I was just talking to a believer tonight and saying, you know, today people living together is like eating oatmeal. I mean, it's just, it's so part, it's been so ingrained in the culture, just like sexual perversion and all its expressions, you know. And of course, you know, if we disagree, we're homophobic or whatever like that. And and yet we have to go with what the Bible says. Can I have an amen? amen? Uh, We preach the gospel of love, the gospel of salvation, the gospel of transformation, praise God. But, you know, a person who's bound, let me say this, a person who's bound by sexual perversion, listen to this, is no different than a person who's bound by the spirit of cancer. Right? You have such empathy and love for them that you want to see them delivered and healed from that attack in their lives. Can I have an amen? Well, it's amen. the same with sexual perversion. You don't want to tell somebody, you know what? You're such a special creature because you're a sexual pervert. You're such a sexual... We're just going to hang our flags out and fly them and support your cause. No, that'd be like flying a flag saying, hey, we're just supporting the cause of cancer. Um, we just are so grateful, and we just, are, we, we just have such respect for you that you have cancer. And, and No, you wouldn't do that. That would, that would be the twisting of your mind. I don't know how I got into that, but I just want you to know. Because why? Because the culture is that if you think a different way than what the world is saying about this stuff, then you're the enemy. You're the one that's dangerous. You're the one that's unbalanced. You're the one that's a homo, homophobia. You're the one that is, is, is tweaked, uh, is distorted, insensitive, and you're dangerous. Again, you don't have to, but if you agree with me, say amen to that. Amen. And so, not, I mean, there's nobody more empathetic than me when it comes to sexual perversion because I was bound by it. So there's nobody more empathetic. And I have the heart for people. I love people. I want to see them free, not bound. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. No, amen. So instead, Paul says, clothe yourself with the presence or the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Amen. Now, when Paul wrote this to the church in Rome, the church was in its spiritual infancy. It was infancy. It was brand new. It didn't know anything about the Christian culture. They just understood the culture that they were raised in, which was twisted and messed up in every way, okay? So Paul knew that they needed help in discerning between what was right, amen, uh, 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 and and the culture of corruption or of darkness that they were delivered from, yet surrounded by. I mean, they were delivered from the culture, but still surrounded by the culture. Remember what Jesus said? He said, Father, don't take them out of the world, but keep them from the evil one. How many believe God can do that still today? Amen. Amen. He can He he's not taking us out, but he is keeping us. Why? Because we have a mission, and we'll talk about that uh, 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 tonight. Amen. So he's wanted them to put on the shining armor of shining armor of right living, so as to be the light to their generation. So tonight, I want to talk about living as lights in a world of darkness. Say, "I'm the light of the world." world. Say it again. Amen. You really are the light of the world. Amen. So let's talk about for a moment the origin of darkness. And then we'll talk about the answer to it. The origin of darkness. In Genesis, the first chapter, and, and we're going to move quickly through this. In Genesis, the first chapter, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the Bible says, go on. And the Bible says, And the earth was without form. We're going to talk about what that word means, without form. It was void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. Uh, amen. And the Spirit of the Lord was on the face of the deep. So we know now Genesis. Genesis 1 says God created the heavens and the earth. But Genesis 2 says the earth was without form. The Living Bible says the earth was a shapeless, chaotic mass. And I just want you to know that. God is light. Question, would God create an earth that is a chaotic mass? Amen. Or, or, or shapeless? No. The Amplified says, and we'll look at this word, it was without form, watch this, an empty waste. And darkness upon the face of the very great deep. Now the word without form in the Hebrew is, means a waste, a desolate desert, a worthless thing, confusion, a, a, world, a world of emptiness. So you can see right there that this, uh, a wilderness of emptiness. So you can see right there that that can't be God's creation. So we know something happened between Genesis 1, 1 and Genesis 1, verse 2. And what happened, I believe, is found in, in, in the gospel of, of Luke, verse 10, chapter 10, verse 18, where Jesus told the disciples after they came back to him saying, "Wow, well, we cannot believe in Jesus that demons are subject to your name. And Jesus says, oh, I beheld Satan. I beheld Satan as he fell from heaven. Jesus being the second person of the Godhead, when Revelation 12 says that God cast Satan out of heaven onto the earth. That's where I believe the devastation happened between verse one and verse two. Are you with me so far? I'm not trying to be difficult, not trying to tweak anything, just simply common sense when you study the scriptures by the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So I'll let me give you those scriptures again, Luke 10:18 and Revelation 12, 9. And you'll see that I believe that's where the devastation came. So, what was there the answer at that moment? What was the answer at that moment to the chaos? Uh, and, and, and to the um, catastrophe that was going on at that moment. what well, the Bible says, that verse 2, the Spirit of God was moving. The Amplified says He was hovering or brooding over the face of the waters. Amen. And when I read that, I immediately thought of 2 Corinthians 3.17, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The Amplified says emancipation from bondage. Did you hear me? Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is emancipation from bondage. I'm, let me tell you something. If you want to be free, the spirit of the Lord will set you free. You, you, but you got to want it. That's why he was writing to the church in Rome saying, hey, you guys got to, if you want to be, if you want to be a, a, a light to the world, you're going to have to put on the spiritual armor of God and, and walk with the Lord as close as you can. So the third person of the Godhead was waiting for something. What was it? He was waiting for the spoken word of God. And then Genesis 1, 3, God said, let there be light. And I'm telling you, man, right now, the darkness submitted to the light. Did you hear me? Light doesn't submit to darkness. Darkness, I mean, it it can be very, you know, you turn all these lights off, it's very dark in here. Amen. Uh, Why? Because the light, we shut the lights off. But the moment the light turns on, the darkness doesn't argue. The darkness immediately submits to the light. Isn't that beautiful? And so we may, as a people and culture, we may be surrounded by the dark, but our our calling is not, not to allow the dark to get in us. Yeah, because these are the days of great darkness, amen. So anyway, once Adam transgressed, you know what he did, once he transgressed God's word, the light that was in him departed, and the very darkness that God dealt with in Genesis 1-3, the very darkness he dealt with, emptied into Adam, and that became Adam's nature. He was filled with darkness, and we'll define what darkness is in just a moment. So, okay, here it is. So what is the fruit of spiritual darkness? Genesis 1, 2 tells us. The word darkness in the Hebrew, you can look it up. I'm not making any of this up. It's misery, destruction, death, ignorance, sorrow, wickedness, and obscurity. Does anybody, can anybody relate to these things in your life? Before or even after salvation, every one of them, absolutely, because it's a real thing. That These are the things that are in the earth because of darkness, misery, destruction, death, ignorance, sorrow, wickedness, obscurity, and guess what? Nothing's changed from that moment until now. Darkness is still flooding the world around us. See, the reason I bring this up, because I don't want you to get in fear. I don't want you to think that God is some is 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 leaving us you know in the darkness is going to overcome us. No, 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 no. We are going to overcome evil with good. The Bible says. Amen. Amen. Even if it costs us our lives. I mean things are getting serious. In Canada, they just they arrested a a pastor. I mean, not only arrested him, they beat him up. And uh, just because he held a service and, and, um, and didn't subject himself to their control. And of course, guess what? He is a wacko. And guess what? A lot of the church will say he's a wacko. So what's going to happen the day they pass the law and say, you can't talk about righteousness anymore. You can't talk about the word of God, especially when it comes to sinner. You can't sinner. You can't tell a sinner he's a sinner. There's no way, man. What are you going to do? You going to shut up? You may. The test is coming. Are you ready? Darkness is still flooding the world around us it's so neat. When Jesus came to the world, what did he do? I mean, it's so beautiful. When he entered our world, praise God, he, he was called the light of the world. But what was interesting, when he stepped into ministry and, and, and he chose these 12 disciples, each one of them, he called them the light of the world. And here's the scripture. Um, uh, here's the scripture, Matthew 5. Jesus said, you're the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. No, instead... A lamp is placed on a stand, watch this, where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Once in, walk, once in a while, I'll go to the gas station and I got to get gas. Once I use credit card. Once in a while, I got to go in and pay for gas because I got like a coupon and get some, you know, off. And, and uh, there'll be somebody buying a six-pack, you know, and, and they got their lady with them. And I said, eh, how long have you two been married? Oh, we're not married. Uh, we're not married. We live together. And I said, ah! And I, and I said, oh, don't do that. Now, maybe I'm old and they just leave me alone. Oh, the guy's old. He's, he's retarded. I said, don't do that. And I go... And they, uh, they look at me and said, that, you know, God in the Bible calls that sin. And he cannot. He loves you, but he can't bless you if you're living together. Get married right away. I've never had one of them say, you know where you can go. Not one of them. It, it pierces them with conviction. Isn't that cool? You don't say it condescendingly. You don't condemning, me. But you, you, you say something because you care for them. Amen. But guess what? It ain't going to help if you're living just like them. There'll be no power behind your words if you're just like them. Amen. No, Are we better than them? Absolutely not. The only thing that keeps all of us in some kind of discipline is what we understand from the word of God. See, everybody always wants a word from God. But anytime God gives you a word, it's for a reason. Because your, your, your life is about, going, is about to be tested, and he wants you to pass the test. So he gives you his word. Uh, however, he gives you his word because he's, he's at that moment requiring you to act upon it and believe it and stand on it, not to run from it. Can I have an amen? Wow, this is good tonight. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So Jesus called his disciples the light of the world even before they were born again why because he understood that the light would be on them but not in them which is different from us the light is in us the light of the glorious gospel of Christ is in us can I have an amen John said this listen to this again a new commandment I write unto you which thing is true in him and in you in him and in you in him and in you because the darkness is past and the true light now shines within now, he that says he is in the light, now watch this, and hates his brother. Now, again, I've taught on this, but I'll remind you what the word hate means. It means, the word hate means to detest so as to persecute. It means to detest so as to persecute. That's what it means. Okay? He that says he's in the light and hates or detests so as to persecute his brother is in darkness even till now. Just let me tell you And I'm just saying this just to help you understand. We've been here 41 years and have never had one problem with this community, not one, not one problem with the heathen in the community, not one problem with the legislator in the community. In fact, they praise us for what we've done. Our greatest challenge has been from born-again, spirit-filled Christians. Isn't that something? Isn't that sad? Because if you're walking in the light, I'm sorry, no matter what happens, you'll stay in the light. We were so ministered, I want to say, Vic, my precious wife, has gone this evening. She ran up to uh, uh, celebrate, a, uh, she has two of her closest friends um, uh, uh, that she graduated with high school with. Uh, one lives in Minneapolis and one in Montevideo. So she went up there to celebrate their birthdays tomorrow. So to, uh, isn't that special to still have good relationships at, at, you know, at our age? Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah, they're still alive, hallelujah, that's good, amen, thank you Lord, but overwhelmed with such emotion and gratitude for the precious, precious, precious cards and gifts that you gave to her and I, uh, we're just like you, we're humbled, feeling that we don't deserve it, but so extremely blessed by it, so thank you all very much. But what moved in me the most, and the most special thing was, was to see all those precious people now, 20 years later, are still at Faith Family Church, still fighting the good fight of faith, still loving one another. Hallelujah. That's what blessed me. That's what blessed me. Amen. And you know what, kids? Some of you have only been with us a few years. That's for your benefit. Because these are the kind of people that will stay with you, stand with you, fight with you. Can I have an amen? Amen. Amen. And overcome with you, praise the Lord. We've been around the, the, we've been around the, uh, you know, uh, we've been around. (laughs) We've faced a lot of things, but we know who the overcomer is, and God wants us to overcome. If you agree, say amen. Amen. So, let's go on. He that saith he's in the light and hates his brother or detests him as to persecute is in darkness even till now. Did you catch that? He's in darkness. He's in darkness. He's in darkness. He literally doesn't realize that he's in a place where he's in way more trouble than he realizes. That he has given access to the enemy in his life. And that warfare and the pain is going to be far greater than he would ever want to pay. He that loves his brother abides in the light, and there's no occasion of stumbling in him. Say, thank you, thank you, Lord. Oh, but he that hates or detests so as to persecute his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and knows not whither he goes, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. Amen. And for all that's going on in the world today, we can't afford to lose our spiritual sight and direction. We've got to be seeing what God is seeing. We've got to be saying what God is saying. Otherwise, that's why. That's why I shut the news off. It'll be it'll be year on November 4th. I shut the news off. I won't listen to any of it. I just, I just want to listen to the good news and hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches so that we can overcome and prevail in the days that we're living in. Can I have an amen? Yeah. Amen. I'm serious about that. And if you're listening to the news, fine. But it plagues me. I can't do it. And I won't do it. No, I don't have my head in the sand. But I come to realize that no politician is going to save America. Only God, by the Holy Ghost, is going to save America. And, and that is, of course, working through his body. Say, I'm the light of the world. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Now, in Genesis 6, we'll continue. Now, you'll see now from Genesis 1, God, what did God say? What did God say when the darkness was in the earth? What did God say? Thank you. What did he say? Amen. It's not a trick question. What did he say? Amen. And light was. Amen. The darkness couldn't argue with it. The darkness couldn't do anything but submit to it. Amen. But listen to this. But darkness was still lodged in the center of man's heart. So we see darkness progressing here in Genesis 6. In Genesis 6, verse 5 says, the law saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination, watch this, and intention of all human thinking was only evil continually. See, when we abort our missions as believers, how many believe that God is a jealous God? Come on. He's not gonna, he's not gonna accept your lovers. Whether it's lovers of money Whether it's lovers of entertainment, lovers of materialism, and boy, we got all that in America, don't we? He's not, he's a jealous God. He's not going to accept any of your lovers. And if you wanna, if you wanna sleep with other lovers, then God will leave you alone. Again, it comes back to this whole thing of, I mean, we have aborted our walk with God, we have, again I'm, not, again, I'm not square, I'm not, yes, I'm older, but I'm not square, I, you know, I, I, I'm not against, uh, you know, the pleasures that God so blesses with in America, you know, you know, I, lo- I love riding motorcycle, I like doing a few things, don't do much, but I like a few things I enjoy doing. You know, but we have sports seven days a week. We're obsessed with it. We worship sports. We, we, we I mean, uh, we applaud. They get mad at me, you know, if I drive a, a, a Suburban, uh, but they applaud some thug that's getting 70 million a year for, for catching a football. It's insanity. You talk about idolatry. Now, am I unhappy with? No, they, hey, you know. Hey, man, if they, whatever, I could care less, but it's just insanity what we have applauded and lifted up, uh, listen, while neglecting our true calling with God, walking with Him and being what He's called us to be. So the Message Bible says that people thought evil, imagined evil, 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 evil from, from morning till night. When the children of Israel were in, do you remember when they were held captive by the Egyptians? Remember under Pharaoh? And the only reason they were held captive was because they had kept transgressing God's word. God couldn't get their attention, so they slipped into into Egyptian bondage. They were there for 430 years. They didn't even know God, but God in his graciousness remembered his covenant with Abraham and said, ah, the Abraham seed. I told him I'd bless them. I told him I'd keep them, protect them, and so he delivered them. But one of the plagues was darkness, In fact, let me read it. It's in Exodus 10, if you want to go there. It's in my Exodus, the 10th chapter. One of the plagues was darkness. and I'll just read Exodus 10, verse 21. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt for three days. Isn't that interesting that the Bible says when Jesus hung on the cross, the earth turned dark. And why, why in this case was it dark? God was showing his people what life is like without him. There is no light. There is no direction. There, there, there is no future. You have nothing. I mean, if you don't have light, you can't survive. And yet we go through life. That's why first 20 years of my life, I was living in the dark. This veil of darkness, I was demon-possessed living in the dark. My God, my God, I have no future. I have no hope. None, none, none. Except for Jesus. So that's why I empathize with everybody. I empathize with people. I see people walk by our church, and God, God just ministered to them. I mean, just hurting people. But they're no different than you. You just found Jesus, and they still need Him. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Then, of course, I got to move on and finish this. But then, if you go now, we'll go to Isaiah sixty. Isaiah sixty again. Uh, Again, hundreds of years pass, and guess what? Darkness is a progression of spiritual darkness once again ushered into God's family, the Israelites. Remember, this was the Israelites. In fact, in Isaiah 5, if you want to write this down, in Isaiah 5, and just take me a second, I should turn close to it. Isaiah, the fifth chapter, remember what God said, "Warn to you that call evil good and good evil. Remember that scripture? In Isaiah 5, it is, it is verse 20. He said, "Warn warned you them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light in light for darkness. That's what we do. That's what we do. We, uh, we're, we're, you know, whatever, you know. Uh, they say, I don't know. They, they say uh, 67% of Christian men are into pornography. You have just, told you have just said in your heart, um, uh, that is light, and those that don't partake of it, they're living in the dark. I mean, your mind becomes so twisted, you have no moral direction in your life. I'm, I ran into a guy. Good-looking young man. Not—he was a young man. He's probably in his thirties. He had a wife and and uh, and, and four beautiful children, and uh, he decided one day, and we, you know, to leave his wife and three kids for a lifestyle of homosexuality. Lust is such a powerful force, but Jesus of Nazareth set you free from it. If you want to be free, you can be free. You just got to stop feeding it. You just got to stop feeding it. And it's such a snare. No wonder. No wonder there's a cloud over the body of Christ if 67% of the men are, 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 are snared by that. No wonder we can't be a bright light in a dark world. It's just so many things going on. And, and I mean, I'm preaching to the choir. I mean, you're... Uh, you know you you love God but I mean but but, man if you're bound by any of this stuff we we don't have to be afraid of the political situation we don't have to be afraid of the economic situation we don't have to be afraid of the social situation we are of heaven we are of heaven God is going to take care of his people because God is God and he loves us immensely and if you don't get into fear you stay in faith he's going to provide for you take care of you lead lead you by his spirit for this reason so that you can be a light for those that are in darkness amen. amen so I want to close with this this chapter in 2 Corinthians 4 it's the living Bible they're going to put it up here we'll just read it and then I want to pray I love this great great verse great portion of scripture it is God himself in his mercy who has given us this wonderful work of telling his good news to others and so we never give up. Go on. We do not try to trick people into believing. We're not interested in fooling anyone. We never try to get anyone to believe that the Bible teaches what it doesn't. All such shameful methods we forego. We stand in the presence of God as we speak, and so we will tell the truth as all who know us will agree. If the good news we preach is hidden to anyone, listen, it is hidden from the one who is on the road to eternal death. Honestly, how many here know someone around you that is not saved? Lift your hand. See, every one of us, every one of us do. Amen. Satan, who is the God of this evil world, has made him blind, unable to see the glorious light of the gospel that is shining upon him. Or to understand the amazing message we preach about the glory of Christ, who is God, would you agree, everyone here tonight? Would you agree that if the world sinners out these doors knew how good God was, they'd come flocking in? Amen. They'll never know unless you tell them that God is a good God. Say, God is a good God. God God. (laughs) And I really do get tired of people. But I sure hope God opens up the earth and swallows up these people. God doesn't operate that way. And I'm going I'm to show you from the scripture that it's true. Even though in the Old Testament, you know, these things happen, uh, but God himself did not orchestrate those things. And we'll prove it. Say, God is a good God. Amen. Praise God. I'm just glad he's a good God. Let's go on. We don't go around preaching about ourselves, but about Christ Jesus as Lord. Amen. See, that's one thing that really bothered me always about the prosperity message. It was always about what people had, the stuff they had. I really do believe that prosperity, it comes in so many different levels. I mean, I'm serious. You go to the Philippines, prosperity to a Filipino is that he's got rice in his plate for noon lunch. And he's got a thatch over his roof over his head to keep him from the rain. We were over there. We were over there. They live on dirt floors. Many of them do. Not all, but many. We live in America. Even the poorest in America are prosperous compared to some of the third world world countries. Sure glad we left the stones home tonight. (laughs) All we say of ourselves is that we are your slaves because of what Jesus has done for us. Go on. For God, who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made us understand that it is the brightness of his glory that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. This precious treasure, watch this, this light and power that now shines within us is held in a perishable container that is in our weak bodies. See, that's why, you know, again, I've said this to you, there's, oh, pastor, we really would like to get to know you. No, you don't, because I'm just like you. Fighting the good fight of faith. Doing my best not to blow it. Doing my best not to say stupid things in church like I do. We want to know Him. Hallelujah. He is the power and the resurrection of our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So everyone can see that the glorious power within m- uh, must be from God and is not our own. Let's not toot our horn. Let's toot his. We are pressed on every side. Now, here it is. Here, here's, I just wanted you to know that. How many want to be a light for Jesus? So it doesn't come without a cost. Here's what Paul says. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but not crushed and broken. We are perplexed because we don't know why things happen as they do it, but we don't give up and quit. Oh, man, Hallelujah. Let's go on. We're hunted down, but God never abandons us. We get knocked down, but we get up again and we keep going. Hallelujah. These bodies of ours are constantly facing death just as Jesus did. So it is clear to all that it is only the living Christ within who keeps us safe. Hallelujah. Come on. Give him praise that he keeps you safe. Glory. Oh, yes, we live under constant danger to our lives because we serve the Lord, but this gives us constant opportunities to show forth the power of Jesus Christ within our dying bodies. Hallelujah. Because of our preaching, we face death, but it has resulted in eternal life for you. Say that out loud for somebody to live. Someone has to die. We boldly say what we believe, trusting God to care for us, just as the psalm writer did when he said, I believe and therefore I speak. We know that the same God, I'm just about done. We know that the same God who brought the Lord Jesus back from death will also bring us back to life again with Jesus and present us to him along with you. That's our hope. These sufferings of ours, watch this, are for your benefit. And the more of you who are one to Christ, the more there are to thank him for his great kindness and the more the Lord is glorified. Don't you want the Lord glorified? Hallelujah. See, that's why churches die. Churches die because God's not being glorified because there's no new life coming in, but not here. Praise God. This church has been growing and people are getting saved. Hallelujah. And we rejoice, praise God. That is why we never give up, though our bodies are dying. And they are, whether you like it or not. Our inner strength in the Lord is growing every day. Now, these troubles and sufferings of ours, after all, are quite small and won't last very long. Yet this short time of distress will result in God's richest blessings upon us forever and ever. It's eternal, eternal blessings. We do not look at what we can see right now, the troubles all around us. But we look forward to the joys in heaven which we have yet not seen. The troubles will soon be over, but the joys to come will last forever. Now give God a good shot of praise. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So I just want you to know, don't be afraid. Don't, don't listen to the bad news. Listen to the good news. Go into the scriptures and find out all the comfort that David received in Psalms. All the wisdom that God, that God gave us through, the, uh, through Solomon. And then go to the gospels and study about Jesus. And then go to the epistles and study about how you should live as a believer. Thank you, Lord. So bow your head and just lift your hands towards heaven. Father, tonight we thank you that you've not given us a spirit of fear. Come on, everyone, thank him for that. But you've given us a spirit of love, hallelujah, power, and self-control. Holy Father, help us to fix our eyes and continue to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. God, thank you that you sent the Holy Spirit into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, 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 Father in heaven, I love you. Tell them that. Father in heaven, I love you. Come on, tell them. Father in heaven, I love you. You are my Father. And God, thank you that you will take care of me and my family, and you will lead us by your Spirit, and we give you praise for that, God. God, we will not be afraid of the days we live in. Hallelujah. We are the answer. We have the answer, and we are the answer. Hallelujah. We are the light of the world. So, God, thank you for bringing this word to our hearts to strengthen us and encourage us tonight. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Give God a good shout of praise. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.